Support comes from the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Southern Mississippi. Ollie offers classes, seminars, and socials, both in person and online, to help individuals continue in their love of learning. Registration ongoing. More at usm.edu O-L-L-I. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, good morning, ain't it a great morning? Hey y'all, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, but forget that, we're going to be talking gardening for the next hour. This is the Gestalt Gardener, it's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and uh, Jonas Adams, our producer, and I are going to bring you some fun stuff for the next hour. Got lots to talk about, there's some neat events coming up, Uh, I've got some really cheesy music, but most of all, we're going to be taking calls from you live about what's going on or not in your own garden. Sit back, folks. We can take a little bit of uh, time for some news and come back with almost a solid hour of nothing but yakking about gardening in the deep south. Again, horticulture's fell to rushing. The Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Woo, it's going to be a good one. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulturist Phil rushing, and I, I, I love saying horticulturist Phil rushing because I am a horticulturist, but truth is I'm not that great a gardener because uh, horticulture is all about what you know. Gardening is about what you do, and I don't do that well, partly because I'm gone a lot, partly because I'm lazy, partly because it's hot and dry, and partly because there's a state fair and there's roasted chi- roasted corn beckoning, and partly because when I bend over, I see little sparkly things around the edge of my, you know, my vision. So, you know, I try not to garden any more than I have to. I like to plant. I like to harvest. I like to enjoy. I like to watch the birds and the butterflies. I love my lizards and the fragrances and the textures and uh, all those kind of scents. They love eating out of the garden, uh, but I try not to do any more than I have to because um, it's not a hobby with me. It's something I enjoy doing, but it's not something I'm out there every day doing. So uh, if you are interested in doing things beyond the pale, you want to have something that gives you more chores than you can possibly imagine, I can sure help you <laughs> with that. But if you just want to enjoy your garden, you want to have a nice little yard or a patio or, or a front porch or a, a huge estate, and you don't want to do all that stuff, I I can help you with that, too, because that's what I specialize in. Raised by older women. Uh, my great-grandmother was a horticulturist. She was still alive when I was a teenager, still showing me stuff when I was a uh, you know, a, a young teenager. And uh, garden club lady. My grandmother was a garden club lady. My other grandmother just had monkey grass and concrete chicken and zinnias. My mother and dad were gardeners. I was raised by them, thinking you had to hide from them because they had chores for me to do. But I learned over the years how to avoid the chores by gardening smarter. That's what we're going to talk about. If you have questions about your garden, give us a call. It's toll-free 1-877-MBB-RING. And I want to ask you something, Sir Jonas. Have you taken your children to the state fair? It's funny you ask. We just went last night. (laughs) And the weather was good. It was nice and cool. Right. We packed up the truck with jackets and whatnot and didn't need not a one. So we didn't need not a jacket at all. It was a perfect weather. Not too hot, not too cold at all. Okay. And how old are your sons? Ten and two. You know, that's a pretty wide age group there between two grown-ups and a 10-year-old and a 2-year-old. <laughs> there's, there's no – so so what y'all do? What 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 did what do boys like the most? My 10-year-old is finally of height to where he can ride the bigger <laughs> rides, so he was really excited about that. So we had to ride a bunch of stuff. But then there's still some stuff that he was scared to ride. Yeah, me too. Even though he's tall enough now, he's like, nah, I'll try to get him to ride a lot of the really bigger stuff just to see yeah. what, if he wanted to. He's like, no, let's go to this one. So he's still mid-level. tilt a whirl and around that area. But they weren't inter- that. Yeah, they weren't interested at all in stuff at the trademark, like the old cars and stuff like that. No, no he just wants to ride stuff and win stuff. That's yeah, what he wants to yeah. do. And, and eat. And eat. eat. <laughs> Cotton candy, funnel cakes, that's the, the favorite How about for that? the kids. How about the $4.5 ear of corn? 
We didn't do the ear of corn. It is unbelievable. You bite into Are you talking it about so the roasted corn? Yeah, the roasted corn. Oh, yes, 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 it, definitely. It, it's so crispy. It shoots up in your nose when you bite into yes, it. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, don't overdo it on the salt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they already dip it in butter and whatnot, but when you're at the fair, you're not thinking healthy. You're thinking taste. Well, the guys who've been, who who do the corn, they've been doing it. It's a family thing. They've been doing it for like 30-something years. Uh, and they know bit, what they're doing. Yeah, William Patton. He's uh, retired from Alcorn State. He was a uh, 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 horticulturist with the Alcorn State Extension Service. I'm not going to hold that Alcorn State stuff against you, well, you William know, Patton, but uh, you know, I'm a JSU alumni. I got my shirt on right now and everything, yeah. but you guys make some great corn. Yeah, I was I'm not going to hold the Alcorn I, State I, I stuff against say, you. When, when, when you want some <laughs> corn, you know where to go. It ain't on campus at J-State. This is very true. This is very true. I'll give you the corn. We'll take everything else. <laughs> well, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today, and uh, calls are starting to pour in already. Again, it is toll-free, mpb ring Before we get to that, though, let me throw out a couple of events coming up uh, that are uh, interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at both of them myself. One is uh, next Wednesday, October the 19th, Wednesday morning, uh, in Starkville. MSU has this thing called the Edward C. Martin Landscape Design Symposium. Sounds real fancy, but it's not. There's some garden club ladies there, but this is something about getting the most out of your landscape, and it's not just, you know, high-end stuff. Uh, one of the speakers is an old friend of mine from Lafayette, Louisiana named Bill Fontenot. He's a native plant person. He wrote a book about dragonflies of the Gulf Coast. But uh, anyway, that's going to be next Wednesday. Uh, starts about 8.30 or so, so, you know, if you want to get up there, it's at the Bost Extensions uh, Building, which is right next to the football stadium. Hard to miss that. But uh, just between the football stadium and town is the Boston extension uh, uh, building and uh, it's going to start about 8.30 over around noon or so but anyway looking forward to that. That's the uh, 61st annual Edward C. Martin Landscape Design Symposium. Ed Martin himself is going to be there. Uh, uh, also, in a couple of weeks, Thursday, October 27th, uh, starting at 9 in the morning in the, at the library in Flora, Mississippi, is the, as far as I know, the oldest continuous plant swap in the universe. So if there's another one out there, I haven't heard about it, but the floral plant swap coming up Thursday, October 27th, and uh, I'm going to be up there doing a little photography for some stuff. Anyway, state fair is going on. Uh, if you do make it to the state fair the, the, before it closes Sunday, make it back to the far back of the trademark building, you know, the building where they have the antique cars and all that, and past all the, the pickles and the blue ribbons and the 4-H stuff, and look at the state flower show. Uh, uh, there is a frangy pangy plant, uh, that huge thing that the Hawaiians make those wreaths called lays out of, a frangy pandy in full bloom, and also some of my more unusual sansevieras, some type of mother-in-law tongue like you've never seen before. So that's some stuff going on. If you've got some events you'd like uh, for me to help promote, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Got a bunch of other stuff to talk about, but I don't want to waste time yakking about me and what's going on with other gardeners. I want to get down and personal with Linda from Waveland. Good morning, Linda. How are you? I'm doing fine, sir. Good. Uh, I I love your show. Thank I've, you. I've been a fan of yours for absolute years. Uh, but uh, in the spring or spring or early summer, I uh, talked to you or you whispered to somebody about a Chinese tree. Uh, and I can't remember what comes next in this Chinese tree that you can plant. Next to your house, won't bother your station. Grows really fast. Uh, yeah, and um, that, that would be uh, the probably the Chinese parasol. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I couldn't remember. But anyway, at that time I did remember, and I went out out here looking everywhere for it. I could not find. No, one. no, you know. Nobody, so- Nobody had one. Nobody knew where to get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here's a here's a problem. When people ask my recommendations, I I have to balance what I think is a great plant versus what you can get. And unfortunately, some of these great plants you can't get because nobody asked for it. So my way of thinking, if you have enough people ask for it, garden centers will start ordering it instead of their usual old crepe myrtles and stuff like that. But uh, Chinese parasol is fast growing. Uh, when you find it, it tends to come up from seed here and there. So typically, when you find it in a community, a lot of people have it and they share it. And uh, there's a garden center in Jackson that sells it, but that doesn't do you any good at all. So no, let me, it doesn't. Let me, let me, let me, you mentioned you had a couple in your yeah, Oh, it, it, it comes up from seeds in pots, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost a weed tree, because. but when it comes up, you just pull it up. You know, it comes up real, real easy. So that's not a big deal. But let me recommend. 
recommend something to start with, though, until you get one of those that's real practical and common. The upright types of crepe myrtles. A lot of people are bored with crepe myrtles, but they work. And the ones that are upright, things like Natchez, any of those with the Native American tribe names, uh, okay. are they're, they're upright, they're V-shaped, they're real fast growing, they got beautiful trunks on them, and uh, they go up and out. And if you cut off some of the lower limbs the first year and then remove a few more the second year, the energy that would go to those would go to what's left. And you can have one that's taller than your house at the end of the second year. Oh, I don't know about that. Remember, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the beach in in Waveland, and I, and we have these FEMA requirements. We're up pretty high. I know, I know, but I'm just saying. Okay, okay, it'll be up to your second story by the end of okay. the second year. But I'm just saying, these upright crepe myrtles, they're fast, they're pretty, they're dependable, they're sturdy. They'll take salt spray, you know. So so that would be. And you can put them next to your foundation. They're not going to cause a problem. A lot of people worry about that, but it's not as big a, a problem as some people worry about. Okay, that's the Natchez crepe myrtle. That's right. Oh, well, oh, those tie. There is another really good fast one that will also take hurricanes. It's called bald cypress, plain old ordinary native bald, bald cypress. Yeah, I know. I know that. I, yeah, well, but there's a lot of bald cypress. Well, around. see, and they're, they're real straight. They don't fall apart in, in, in the wind and, and ice. Not that you have ice down there, but they're straight, and you can put them fairly close to structures, and they knock off the hot afternoon sun. But cypress... I thought they would have to have more water than no, ice. No, no. They have to have not. water for the the seeds to sprout. You know, okay. that, that's where the seeds sprout. You naturally see them around water, but they do perfectly fine high and dry. I've got some along the west side of my house, uh, along with some of the Chinese parasol to give me some shade in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, okay. But those are good but, ones. But you don't, you don't know at all where I can find the Chinese parasols. I really don't. You know, that down on the coast, like I say, if, you know, if, if garden centers are interested, you know, locally owned garden centers can order plants from their normal suppliers if they want to. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's real easy to get somebody down there to pot some up and sell them to garden centers to resell. So it's something I'd like to see more people planting down there because it's a good tree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, uh, you don't happen to have any seeds I might be able to get from. <laughs> you know, well, they, they, but be, because they come up from seeds so well, before they start dropping their leaves and, and uh, setting seeds, I usually cut mine down every year. And what they do is they sprout back out, and they'll get uh, 15, 20 or more feet tall every year, just cut to the ground. That way I don't have to rake up the big leaves. I'm sort of lazy oh, about that. Oh, okay. But if you shoot me an email, I might be able to get something to you. Shoot me an email, Okay. Okay. I would appreciate that. Please. Okay, Linda, thank much. you. Ooh, stay thank you. All righty. Yeah, some interesting stuff. I got a, a couple of emails um, uh, this this past week about bottle tree. June Harrington sent me a photo of her really cool bottle tree. Uh, she likes it because that pink ornamental grass called purple muley grass is kind of an airy, lavender pink looking thing. It's a pretty native plant. Uh, going by her bottle tree is real, real nice. I also got an email from a lady who lives in Virginia. Uh, she's originally from Mississippi, a gal named Nancy DeLoso. Uh, she lives in a, a work at a farmhouse built in the 1840s in Virginia that they're turning it into a farm-to-table restaurant. And she went to my website and saw a, a, a really nice stained-glass bottle. It's, made, it's an arch made out of bamboo, sort of like a stain, arch stained-glass window uh, made out of bamboo with blue bottles on it. I saw it in San Antonio uh, Master Gardener garden years and years ago and uh, she wanted to do one of those at their old restaurant and and so if you're interested in that sort of stuff go to my website it's a uh, non-profit i don't sell anything at all uh it's felderrushing.net felderrushing.net i'm a network kind of guy not a commercial type of guy anyway scroll down click on the bottle tree link and you will see some amazing things and before you get your knickers in a knot saying it's all about voodoo and superstition and pagan it's not it's like earrings uh, a friend of mine uh, from overseas told me uh, who makes a uh, bottle tree she said all we're doing is holding glass up to the sky so its colors can sing that's all it is. We can take a little bit of a break. We got a caller on the line from Meridian. You want to give us a call? We got uh, some lines open, a couple of lines open. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Got some really cheesy music uh, suggested by a listener. Uh, we're gonna play in a little while. And also, I got 
uh, not repre- I got made fun of by uh, my sweetheart who says that I talk too much about planting kale, particularly the one called lacinata. She said anybody doesn't listen to our... Pr- she said if they don't know, when I say blue kale, if they can't say lacinata because they ain't listening. We're going to take a little break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production, a local production, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Felder Rushing. Then we're going to take a little, a couple of minute break and come right back with more of your phone calls and a few emails and some cheesy music. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back. Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Old House Depot. Antique windows, doors, shutters, flooring, and exposed beams. Architectural salvage, custom carpentry, you name it. Open 9 to 5 Monday through Saturday, 639 Monroe Street in Jackson. OldHouseDepot.com. This is MBB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Let's go to Meridian and see what Blaine's up to. Good morning. Howdy. Oh, how you doing, Felder? I'm fine. What's going on? Uh, I'm buying a house in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got a pool in the backyard and a privacy fence, but the neighbors to the rear have a two-story house looking right down into our yard. Yep. And I was wondering, I was thinking Bradford pears, but everybody I've talked to says no. they're prone to splitting. They are. Yeah. Uh, what could I plant that would be fast-growing that would kind of block their view of our pool? Well, uh, t- f- first of all, fast-growing is not all that fast. We're talking about two or three or four years. Years or more before you get fast, right. uh, but uh, some of the things that are that are that are narrow, tall, and narrow and upright that'll give you the privacy when you need it in the winter time. I talked earlier with a, with a gal about uh, ball cypress trees. Ball cypress are like they're like chlorophyll rockets. I mean, you can put them uh, eight, ten feet apart, and they will grow together, and they really jump straight upright, and they're real twiggy, so you can't see through it. Also, those upright type of crepe myrtles get pretty big, but you're gonna need to do something. Besides Besides that, uh, you know what? I, sometimes I talk about a baffle. Okay, now baffle. If you you know if you got the sun in your eyes, you hold your hand up just right to block the sun out. Mm-hmm. Well, you can do that with a structure. You can put a couple of three posts out there, you know, uh, closer to the pool. You know, not way back on the property line. Plant your trees back there, but in the immediate short run, closer to the pool uh, between you and them. Put some posts out there, and from where you sit or where you swim or whatever, hold your hand up and see what does it take to just block their view and put some fabric there. Sort of like a, a highway billboard. As if you put it, you know, it only has to be maybe four feet high, and it could be eight feet wide. You could have a groups of them. It could be made with lattice. It could be made with 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 fence boards. It could be made with with burlap strap. You know, uh, outdoor burlap staple between posts. But uh, you know, you know, how a billboard is up in the sky, not all the way to the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, do that. Sit out there and, and hold your hand up out from from your face and move it around till it just exactly blocks the view, and that's where you want to put the fabric. It's right. it's, instant, it's, it, it's instant. It's instant. Uh, it's inexpensive, and you can paint it. You can put little finials on top of. You know, you can make it look nice. You know, but that'll give you instant uh, instant privacy while the other stuff grows. Well, I'm a crepe myrtle fan, so uh, that sounds like a uh, combination that might work. Well, you know, if you put this fairly close to the pool and put some crepe myrtle just on the other side of that, they'll grow up because, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, 30 feet tall if it's close in. It could be uh, 15 feet tall close in and block out the same amount of view as something that's 80 feet tall further away. So think another think, think about bringing in a little raised up off the ground fence type thing with some tree back behind it and paint it up real nice and hang your mirror on it and that kind of stuff. Cool, cool. Matter of fact, put some mirrors on the backside so your neighbors are looking at themselves. 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Good luck. It's called a baffle. All right. Appreciate it, Teddy. You bet. You bet. Okay, let's go up to Oxford. I was in Oxford a couple of weeks ago. Hey, Susanna. How are, is it Susanna? Susanna? Savannah. Sav- Howdy. How are you? Savannah yes, in Oxford. Sir, very Southern. <laughs> yep. What's up? So I go to the University of Mississippi, mm-hmm. and I notice a lot of our crepe myrtles on campus are turning black, even the leaves, yeah. you know, everything. And I was wondering what causes that, and maybe one of the ways that they could fix that. Well, it, it could just be your football team doing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm, I don't know. No, seriously. This is a real common problem. Uh, it's called sooty mold, and it's actually a mold that's growing on the drippings from insects. Have you ever been under a tree and it's dripping like rain? Oh, yeah. That's not sap coming out of the tree. That's bug dew. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like yuck, you know. Anyway, no, insects suck juice out of the aphids and whiteflies, and their drippings have got undissolved, uh, dissolved, undigestive plant sugar, and it's sort of like the crepe myrtle version of maple syrup, and the sooty mold grows on that. So it's not really hurting the tree. It's shading the trees. It's kind of, you know, looks kind of weird, you know, kind of Halloween, kind of goth and all. But uh, the only way to control it would be to to treat the trees with insecticides, and that's not practical. So, mm-hmm. so anyway. Okay, I just thought they were dying or something. No, you know, if you'll notice anything up under it, whether it's, uh, I had pink flamingos under mine one time, and they were completely black from this stuff. But it rubs off, and it'll flake okay. off. And the tree's going to drop the leaves another couple, three weeks anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. All right, appreciate your call. Uh, speaking of, of, uh, of Oxford, I've got a call here. Where is it? Um, I was, I was, I had a note to myself to ask about a plant, seeing if anybody was blooming it. Uh, I thought I smelled a sweet olive the other day. It's real, real fragrant this time of year. And one can completely fill up a whole neighborhood. I thought I smelled one when I was walking my old dog around the neighborhood. And then just this morning, I got a, a, an email from uh, Kelly in Oxford who sent a photo of one she took in Oxford. And so the sweet olives are blooming. Osmanthus fragrance. Now, we got some cheesy music coming up, and i got a phone call before we get to that. But first, let me mention this. Every week this time of year, I say you need to plant garlic, you need to plant lettuce, you need to plant collards and, and, uh, and turnips and burgundy mustard and kale. And one of my favorite kinds of kale, I love the, love the purple kale, love the regular kale. They're delicious. But there's one of my favorite ones that's called uh, blue kale, lacinata. Uh And I've seen it in some of the box stores, some of the garden centers have, but blue kale, dino kale. Kale, uh, Tuscan blue because they make the the uh, minestrone and Tuscany with it. But uh, I got a, I was talking to my sweetheart the other day, and she said, Felder, anybody who doesn't who when you say blue kale doesn't know, I tell you, just listen to this little short clip, thirty seconds of me being bollocked by my sweetheart from England. Can you play that? Hit that thing. It's been brought to your attention that you frequently recommend a particular type of kale. <laughs> they'll say lacinata and they'll say blue kale. And then they'll struggle with third one. The purple cat and they might struggle with that. But anyway, you go and ask them all. You can ask anybody down at MPB that listens to your programme. <laughs> and if you don't know, they ain't listening. <laughs> Okay, there, I said blue kale, La Sonata. Am I, am I a broken record? I mean, Jonas? I like it. <laughs> I, think it's, I think you're doing fine. Okay. Well, if anybody want, doesn't know what blue kale is, La Sonata. Let's go to Phil down in Mobile. Hey, Phil, how are you this morning? Uh, good morning. It's just a bright spot in my week. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate you being part of this party. Uh, a few weeks ago... A lady called in and uh, talking about planting centipede grass, and you told her to to plant uh, winter rye in October. And I cleaned up my ground, got the leaves off of it, got the trees cut back. Uh-huh. That was the problem. It was shaded out. Yeah. Too many leaves. Okay, I'm ready to put my rye grass out, but in Mobile, is it too too early to put out rye grass? 
It's, it's really not. Ryegrass, you know, it doesn't really want to grow in the winter. It wants to grow in cool weather. And by the time this stuff sprouts, it's going to take a week or two to sprout. By the time it comes up, gets big enough to mow, we're going to have some cool weather. So, okay, when it, uh, you, you told her to plant the centipede seed in April after the heat takes the winter ride down. That's right. Should you mow that before you, you put out your seed? Yeah, well, if you'll, if you'll, you know, get the, you know, mow pretty close before you put your rye seed out and water the the seed in really good. If you can just wet it down every couple of three days, it'll come up within a week or two. And when it gets big enough to mow, give it a little bit of fertilizer, not much, just a little bit. And then in the winter, in the springtime, it'll start burning out, start looking kind of peaked. Just cut it real close. Give it a couple of three days for those for the grass clippings to dry down. Put your centipede seed out, and as the centipede seed sprouts, its roots will follow the holes being left by the dying ryegrass roots. Okay, but mow, mow that, that dead ryegrass down. Yeah, it's real important for seeds, whether it's ryegrass or centipede or turnips for that matter. It's real important that the seeds be in contact with dirt, not caught up in a bunch of right, thatch and stuff. Right, right. And that's get the, all the leaves up. Felder, yep. this morning we've talked about uh, crepe myrtles. My wife had me to plant four between our natural area, right on the border of our natural area, and my Zoysia Empire grass between there and the street. Uh-huh. And uh, I want people to know that that stuff puts up suckers all in your grass. <laughs> and it grows back in your natural area. And I've been four years fighting that with Celsius and Roundup. Well, that's, that's really, you know, some, some types of crepe myrtles do that. Others don't. You know, the upright kinds typically don't make the suckers. But well, she got the wrong kind. I don't know. I don't know. Vegas, we planted a beautiful ball cypress by our concrete driveway. Uh-huh. And she got afraid it was going to break the concrete. But it put out the top roots on the ground. Yeah, those knees. Yeah. Well, these were lateral on top of the oh, ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my arm. Yeah. So uh, there are downsides to both of those plants if you don't get it right. That's right. But, you know, at the same time, under the cypress trees, not, grass won't grow there anyway, so you just put some monkey grass out there and you're done with it. you got a nice little little scene out there. Yeah, she does. She has big blue lyrope and different monkey grasses there. Yeah. Uh, Felder, I can't believe you're a volunteer here to be commended. Well, you know, I just, just it's either this or get a real job, you know what I'm saying? I'm an old <laughs> retired guy. I'm retired, too. You have a good day, sir. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate it. I, 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 have you ever heard a comedian called Roy C. Mercer? No, I haven't. He does all the telephone prime. Hi, I'm Roy C. Mercer. Anyway, that's just a southern accent, southern accent. Can we play some music? We can. It's really cheesy. You know, the, a listener sent this in. Let me see if I can. I don't remember who it was. Uh, it recommended by Alan Bearfield. And the Jonas is about your hometown being, really? eat, being eaten by a giant vegetable from outer space. So we're going to take a little break, listen to some music, and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is one of several daily, Monday through Friday, locally produced programs. No other... In- public radio station in the country has this sort of format and it is so interesting local and i don't care if you're from tennessee or alabama or mississippi louisiana arkansas too if you want to give us a call we're going to talk local gardening local whatever the topic is on that particular program here on mpb horticulture's fell to rushing when we get done with this i'm gonna head back down the state fair and give me some more roasted chicken no excuse me uh, chicken on a stick roasted corn Stick with us, folks, while we listen to about the eggplant that ate Chicago. Sugar. You better watch out for the 
sweet It was just like sugar You better watch out Violence inside crowded Alabama prisons puts guards and inmates at risk. These facilities aren't allowing these officers to do their job. Then what you really have is the inmates running the house and the officers are guests here. I'm Ari Shapiro. A federal civil rights probe looks at whether conditions in Alabama lockups meet constitutional standards. Later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie folks, welcome back Eggplant at 8 Chicago Thanks for an alert listener to bring us cheesy music Right here on MPB uh, You know, I rarely recommend commercial products But in today's Claire and Ledger column in the newspaper I, I wrote about a really cool little thing I'm not that interested in fancy gadgets And I want to see new plants tried several years in real gardens before I recommend them. Uh, but there's something that came out, uh, it just came out, that I think is really cool for a lot of folks, because a lot of people are really into coloring, adult coloring books. Well, there's one that just came out about gardening. It's called Great Garden Quotes, a coloring book with wit, wisdom, and heart. Uh, it is beautiful. It's inspiring. It's humorous. A lot of my favorite garden quotes, I mean really good garden-related quotes, uh, but every page is a black-and-white line drawing collected from over 25 years around the country through a magazine called Green Prints, P-R-I-N-T-S, Green Prints. Uh, the guy who put that together, Pat Stone, is an old friend of mine. He did a wonderful job of, of uh, putting this magazine together the past 25 years. But somebody called in and said one time that when she gets through reading it, she colors all the pictures because they're fabulous line drawings. Again, artists all over the country. So he pulled together, oh, uh, 70 or so of them. And put them into this this uh, big coloring book, adult coloring book, with great garden quotes. If you're interested in that at all, just remember Green Prince, P-R-I-N-T-S. Go to Green Prince, Google it, and it'll take you to the website. Click on books. I think if you're interested in that or you're looking for a nice little gift or you know somebody with a little time and some crayons or coloring pencils in their hands, check it out. It's really, truly a unique thing in the gardening world, and I'm glad to bring it to y'all. Great Garden Quotes, a coloring book with wit, wisdom, and heart. Go to greenprints.com. Meanwhile, let's go to Webster County. And Kay, I've been lost in Webster County north of Eupora before. (laughs) So where are you? Because you you didn't say Eupora. You just said Webster County. Well, I'm about, uh, I guess, 20 miles north of Eupora in the great community of Hoyne Linden. Is that the one that's got the the earth-covered house that used to be up somewhere around there? The what covered house? Is it is Highway 9 go up that way? No, no, no. There's really nothing. Uh, not much of it. Well, <laughs> I guess uh, Highway 341 comes to Horn London. Yeah, well. That's um, from Woodland going going. Um, got to be Got to be yeah. going there. It's not on the way you to gotta, anywhere. You got to be born here to find <laughs> it. And it's, it's, a, it's just a great place to live. It's so peaceful and quiet. Well, anyway, my question is about... This drought and what it's doing to my St. Augustine grass is yeah. turning brown. Yeah. And I had two questions. One, will it come back? Is it just going dormant? Or two, you say soak your grass once a week. 
Well, what's a good soaking? What's a yeah. good watering? Yeah. First, first of all, it's not so much what I say. A lot of people say, well, federal has got opinions. I try to stick with the facts. The turf researchers say no more than once a week. You know, a lot of people water more than that. Grass needs to be watered at least once a month to reproduce itself. What's happened is the grass you got out there, it's been dry so, so for a month, and it's not able to put out new growth and new roots, so it's not replacing itself, because grass replaces itself every every month or so. Okay. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to not, not, not help the grass look good or be good. We're trying to help it put out new growth that'll carry it into the next season. And so anyway, it, it, once every week or two or three, but at least once a month. If you don't, the grass will suffer. Mm-hmm. And as far as what a deep soaking is, if you can turn a sprinkler on, when water either starts running off into the curb or standing out there, that's a little bit too long. Figure out how long it takes to do that. Turn the water on for that long, then turn it off for an hour, let it soak in, and then turn it back on a second time. That second one, the first one sort of soaks in, sets the soil up, the second one pushes it down deep. So okay. when so when people people say, well, I water three times a week, that's fine if you do it all within an hour of each other and then turn it off the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So the idea, water, you know, don't don't water so much that you're wasting water, it's running off and standing and all like that. But well, do, water a couple of times, a couple of hours apart to really soak it in. I, well, I had, I don't have a curb, and it's it's a big yard, like an you, acre. You, I don't you, water a whole acre. You, but, you, you may not uh, need, you may not be able to. What, what I have the, a little plastic. You know, container like a gallon plastic ice cream container, and I thought, well, I'll I'll try to measure how much water is going into that, and I'll get an idea of how inch or so. Uh, pardon? You, you put a put an inch or so of water out there. That's plenty, and then turn it off, and you know, half inch to an inch. Turn okay. it off, and then do it a second time a little while later. Okay, that's but, good. Uh, now let me, let me throw this out, Kate, because this is something a lot of people are having to come to grips with. This if you can't really water and do all that kind of stuff, you're, then it's at least mow high. Put your mower on the highest setting possible. Throw the wrench away. That is a real mistake to cut St. Augustine and Centipede close. It weakens it. So that's the f- most important thing. Second thing is that good soaking at least every three or four weeks. If you can't do that, let me suggest this. You live out in the country. What you can do is you can put a little piece of a fence a little way out from the house and have a small lawn up close to the house that you can water and then a meadow lawn out past that. That's the way they do it in Europe. A little throw row, sort of like a, a golf course. they got a putting green and then they got the fairway. Mm-hmm. Well, you can do that and have a small lawn, maybe a square, circle, rectangle, whatever you want to, that's edged a little bit, a little, some monkey grass, uh, some shrubs, a fence, whatever, and then take care of that and then let the other stuff just sort of be whatever it can be, mow what grows. That way you can have something that shines like a gem that's not going to bust your budget. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I just, uh, this is, yard has such a nice St. Augustine grass around around the house. Yeah. Close up, and, and I it, didn't want it to die. And it's been there for a long time. It has. See, yeah. so mowing high, and when you fertilize, every couple of three years, a little bit of good quality fertilizer sometime in late April or May. Mm-hmm. If you'll do that every couple of three or four years, that that the good quality fertilizer will recycle in your grass clippings. Oh, well, yeah. now, I didn't know you were supposed—I thought you were not supposed to fertilize St. Augustine. Well, that, that ain't true at all. It ain't from around here. Well, you need to put some fertilizer into the system every—I'm going to say every three or four or five years. What kind of fertilizer for, for St. If, Augustine? If you'll get the stuff they sell for centipede. For centipede, okay. That's good for saying—or a winterizer, either centipede food or winterizer— and don't worry about the word winterizer. It's got the, the kind of slow-release fertilizers that recycle for years in the clippings. Mm-hmm. And let's wait until till there's been motor time or two in the spring, late April, sometime in there before we put it. And if you do that every three or four years, mow high, your grass may not need watering. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. Thanks. Well, good luck on it, Kay. Appreciate your call. Oh, I really enjoy your program. Well, thanks for being part of it. We do appreciate that. Thank you. 
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. we got some lines open right now. If you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, Lines wide open. Azaleas, folks, are dying. I was out looking at some gardens yesterday. Azaleas, camellias, some plants are actually dying right now because of the drought. Not because of the drought, but because it rained so much back in the spring, they put on a whole lot of growth because the growing was good. And all of a sudden, they got all this lush growth, and then it stops raining, and the plants are overextended. They got more leaves than the roots can take care of. Uh, I'm seeing boxwoods, Japanese hollies, Japanese one of my own Japanese maples is dying because I hadn't been watering it. And, and, and Japan doesn't have anything to do with this, but azaleas, boxwoods, Japanese hollies, Japanese maples, these plants are not from around here. They're not adapted for wet, 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 then dry, dry, dry. See, so... If you can water plants, give them a good, slow, deep soaking at least once a month. You know, every three weeks would be better. But, you know, some people say, well, I ain't never watered my plant. Yeah, well, some of your plants are dying because I saw them. Anyway, uh, by the way, speaking of water, birds are going crazy around my bird bath right now. Uh, if you want to make a real easy bird bath, they really, really like it. They're attracted to it like crazy. Get you a great big uh, uh, pot saucer, you know, like you put it on a great big pot and uh, set it up off the ground. You can put it on the ground, but the neighborhood cat's going to get too close. But if you put a saucer up there, if it's possible to hang something above it, here's what my mother taught me. If you'll hang like a, a plastic a cola bottle above the bird feeder and put the tiniest hole you can possibly put in the bottom and fill it with water and hang it up there. The water will drip just every few seconds, a drip. And when it hits that water, it splashes. It brings birds for hundreds of yards. I don't know whether they can see it or hear it or whatever, but that tiny little slow drip into a into a, a water fountain, a, a bird bath, is just amazing. It brings drama. It brings color and motion, uh, all sorts of cool stuff. And the birds and the butterflies and the honeybees really appreciate it. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Got the lines open right now. We're going to take a little bit of a break and come back while uh, while Sir Kevin is in there feel, feel, fielding some phone calls. Um, by the way, another thing that's blooming right now, I saw my first fall color on poison ivy, but goldenrod is in full bloom. No, you're not allergic to it. It's in the same family as zinnias and goldenrod. Look at goldenrod up close. Grab a please. Pull it apart. Look at the tiny individual flowers that make up that, that golden head, that yellow head. And you'll see this like little zinnias. Lots of pollinators love these kind of plants. Goldenrod is one of our all-time greatest North American native wildflowers used all over Europe, used in Japan. It's a great, great late summer fall plant, and we got it right here. I'm horticulturist Feller Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to be back with your phone calls right after this. Coming up this week on MPB's At Issue, charter schools. The charter schools give them more freedom to design their program in exchange for more accountability. They're funded by state tax dollars that public school districts receive each year. They're, they're in it for the right reasons. But some believe giving public money to charter schools is unconstitutional. We need to think about how to become partners rather than trying to fight one another. We'll take a closer look at charter schools on At Issue this Friday at 7.30 p.m. on MPB TV. This election year has been unpredictable, and it can be hard to keep track of what's true or not. NPR's election team wades through it all so you don't have to. Be informed. Listen to the station every day. Daily at 4 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All right, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russian Jonas, let me ask you something. You know this thing about the, the MPB car tag, license plates, whatever? Yep. Uh, I was at my local pub the other night, and believe it or not, my uh, my pubmaster, let's just call him Sir Andrew. Called Sir up. Andrew of Sir the pub. Andrew, that's right. It's uh, not a bad he, title. No. Hey, a call came pouring in. Anyway, he went out and got him one. 
You know, really? So you, we're talking about a, a bartender at a local pub. He's got an MPB car tag. Went to mpbonline.org. Sir and Andrew, uh, we thank you. Thank you so much. You bet. Um, we're going to take some phone calls. i got a couple of other announcements, but we're going to start with, I think it's either Alan or Alain in Biloxi. Who am I talking to? This is Elaine. Elaine, howdy. What's up? Hey, I've got a large oak tree in my front yard, uh-huh. and um, I planted some jasmine at the base of it uh, several years ago, but I can't get anything to grow beyond the jasmine, and it's probably a, it probably stretches out. The jasmine stretches out about 8 feet, and then about 15 feet beyond that. I just can't grow anything. And I'm not much of a green thumb, and so that's probably part of my problem. No, it's not a problem at all. You just got to think like a plant. Plant needs to have, they need to get their roots down in the dirt. And oak trees, uh, it, you know, it, throughout the south, because of so much rainfall, oak trees have very shallow roots, and they're real greedy and thirsty. And so the, your, your your jasmine isn't as competitive as the oak roots. And the only way to really get it started would be to water a little bit more often. And, you know, that's real pain. Yeah. Uh, but is this Asiatic jasmine? Oh, kind of a ground cover looking stuff? Because there's two kinds of, of what they call it. It's not really jasmine. Asiatic jasmine and confederate or star jasmine. And that latter one is more of a vine. The form of the Asiatic jasmine is that ground cover you see a lot of. Uh, I'm pretty it, sure it's the ground cover because it sits up about six inches tall yeah. and it, it likes to get thick, but it will. It, it likes to climb. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he, here's the deal on uh, that lane. If you will... Take, you know, when it has runners, the stuff roots at all the leaf joints. So what you can do is you can go out there after a good rain or something with a stick or a notch on the end of it, or your finger for that matter, and poke it where the, where the, the runners, where it goes in the ground and then back out, where the part that's in the ground is one of those leaf joints, and it'll root right there. Mm-hmm. And it'll start spreading from there. So should I just go ahead and just just push the jasmine out further or... or... Because I, I, you know, I'd like to put something in my yard. Is there, are there any kind of bushes or you know hardy type plants that can can live in that in that situation yeah, it, beyond it, grass, which I can't seem to keep up. No, no, you're not going to be able to grow grass under these oak trees. They're, 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 the grass needs sunshine. Sometimes you'll see grass under trees, but that's because it's been there for a long time and they mow real, real high. But trying to get it started in the shade is almost impossible. It sounds kind of weird, but you say, well, I see grass in the shade. Yeah, but trying to get it started is nearly impossible. Right around some of the older parts of town, go over to Ocean Springs, right around the older parts of town, and notice what they've got. You know, they've got a little eye They've got Asiatic jasmine. They've got monkey grass, both the little stuff called mondo grass and the bigger stuff called liriope or liriope. Uh, And also they have this thing called cast iron plants, like spears up about knee-high green. Grows real thick. Those are traditional under under oaks along the coast. So go over, you know, like I say, an older place that wasn't devastated by Katrina. Uh, Ocean Springs is probably one of the closest. And just pay attention to what they have under their trees that looks good without being too cluttered because you don't need a bunch of clutter out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, something else, if you put a bird bath or a sculpture or a bench or something out there to look at, they'll focus your eye on that and you won't notice what's not there. Thank you. It's just, you know, it's, a, it's just it's called a uh, focal point. No doubt. Anyway, and Appreciate if you, it, if you have more questions, shoot me an email, okay, Elaine? Okay, I will. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it, man. You too. Bye. Okay, uh, there's two events coming up. The uh, Flora Plant Swap is going to be in a couple of weeks, Thursday, October 27th. We'll give more details about it next week. But this coming week, Wednesday, October 19th, at Mississippi State, uh, they're at the Bost Extension uh, Building right beside the football stadium. They're going to have the 61st Annual Edward C. Martin Landscape Design Symposium. Starts around 8.30, ends at noon. Bill Fontenot from outside Lafayette, fantastic guy, wrote a book on dragonflies of the Gulf Coast. Anyway, they're going to be talking about gardening, not just landscaping. I hope to see some of y'all there. Uh, now, let's go to Hattiesburg. Hey, Tim, thanks for holding on. What's up, man? Hey, not much. How you doing? Good. So far, so good. What's up? Excellent. Um, I had a couple of questions. Um, I've got a, a weed in my yard uh, I was curious about, and then uh, more importantly, I've been successful with uh, planting, get, getting some avocado pits to root and, and sprout little trees out uh-huh. um, over the summer. Yeah. And my question about them is, is there anything special I need to do, like in terms of pollination or 
are they going to produce fruit or am I yeah, well, when, up a tree? Or? When, you, when you grow a tree from seed, they go through a juvenile phase just like people do. And it may take mm-hmm. them six, seven years to get mature enough to start flowering. So it takes a while right off the bat. Uh, That's the reason commercial growers buy grafted, because they graft the mature stuff onto young stuff. But also, avocados, they make trees. They're small trees, but they're still trees. And, you know, you have to keep it in a pot and drag it in every winter because it's not the tropics. You know, it's fun. It's fun. Hang some hang some Christmas ornaments on it and enjoy it, love it, water it, fertilize it. One of the days it may have some avocados. I love it. All right. Well, I, I got crazy with it. I probably have 15 in my yard. I had to pull pull the reins back on myself. So it's okay. It's okay. Them. And avocados yeah. are good for you, but avocado trees, yeah, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, like you said, I'm just having fun. That's the whole oh, idea. That's, that's right. Um, the weed I've got. I've heard you mention this to uh, you know to other callers. I can't drop any scientific names in terms of what this thing is, but it this little weed is looks like my most of trees. You got it. And that thing is about to kill my, I mean, it's taking over. How did, hey, first of all, how did I know this, Tim? Because I see it all the time. It is a real booger bear. Yeah. uh, It's it's called mimosa weed or chamber bitter. And the Latin name doesn't matter, but it sounds like mimosa weed. But uh, there is not a good control for it because it's a perennial in Hattiesburg. It'll come back from the roots if we have a mild winter. And every if you look on the bottom side of those leaves, it got the oh, little yeah. seed balls. Follow yes, it. Sir. It's got the tiniest, cutest little, teensiest little white flower. But those seed balls are v- everywhere. It's the every- it, yeah. I feel like every time I pull one out by the by the roots, I'm just dropping like fifty. You are, feet you down. are, you are. This is the yeah. this is one of the three weeds that I keep an eye on the most in my garden because it's in the neighborhood. And once you yep. got it, you can kill it, but it comes back from seed. So it's just I don't have a good solution for it. There are weed killers, right. but it just keeps coming back from seed. So I just learned to you know plant, put a gazing ball out there. You know yeah. what a gazing ball is. I do not. It's a big, round, silvery, or, or colorful, reflecting orb, big as a yeah. basketball. Put one of those out there and just smile. I'm with you. All <laughs> right. And can I make one final comment? Keep it clean. Um, it will be. Uh, it's a compliment to you. Um, the other week, I was listening, and uh, somebody had taken your truck for a joyride. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, left it on the side of the road. And your response to that, you're like zen-like peace and just laughter about that event i was so impressed by i I, i've told i told my partner leslie about it i was like you know we we've had a rough year and this and that and i was like you should have heard felder talking about the truck getting (laughs) stolen i was like I'm going to be Felder, Felder-like for the rest of the year. So hey, hey really and you know, and you know what? And first of all, Santa Claus is going to take care of the, the young man who stole it. He'll take care That's of it. Right. But the other thing, it's been paid for since 1992, and right now the uh, the, the automotive uh, uh, collision repair technology people at Holmes Community College have got it stripped yeah. down. they got it sanded. They're fixing paint. It's going to be better than ever because I'd learned to it. just let it go. Man, well, I am so impressed, I, and uh, yeah, I, I love that attitude. So. Appreciate it, Tim. You know, if you can't fix it, flee it, or fight it, flow with it. Yes, sir. All righty, man. Appreciate it. Don't forget the gazing ball. I won't. Okay, I'm going to take this call from Misty uh, from George County as soon as we get off the air, but I'm Horticulture's fellow rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener, uh, Jonas Adams, my producer. Sir Kevin in there, he's been manning the phone, our phone greeter. It's a whole team of folks bringing this garden party, but it wouldn't be a party without you. So we're going to do the same thing, same time, every week if we can. As long as we can, we're going to have a little fun. Take a kid to the state fair, show them the, the, the flower show, get them some roasted corn. Take a kid to a garden center, get a sack of daffodil bulbs. Take them outside and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.